Welcome to Your Daily Drive. I am Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. I want to talk about discipleship today. The title of the podcast is Discipleship is Mostly About Prayer and Prophecy. I want to explain myself, and I'll spend this podcast doing that, but if you want to read the podcast, you can do that, because all of the Your Daily Drive podcast are on our website, rickthomas.net. The reason I want to share this podcast with you and this idea, discipleship, or counseling, if you want to use that word, that's fine, is mostly about prayer and prophecy, is because one of the things that I have run into in my life as a Christian is some people are inhibited about helping others through whatever situational difficulty they may be going through. Many times they disqualify themselves saying such things is, I'm not able to do that. I don't know enough about the Bible in order to help someone I'm going to talk a little bit about the woman at the well who knew Jesus for about a half a minute, and she began to help people get to Christ. Paul talked about this in Romans 15, 14, that we're all full of knowledge and goodness and able to bring care to one another. And Jesus told us in Matthew Some of his final words was, go and make disciples. He did not say, go to seminary, get well-trained, and then go out and make disciples. No. When you are born again, after your first meeting with Jesus, that redemptive meeting at salvation, you are able to help people according to your capacity. And I want to talk about that. It's one of the things that I run into with the students in my mastermind program. Virtually every one of them, if not every one of them, will drop that card on the table. I'm not sure if I say the right thing, if I I may mess up, I don't know exactly how I should do it, and so forth and so on. Well, I want to talk about it. Now, again, you can read this podcast if you want to. It's about between 17, 1,800 words. You can find it right on our website, same title as the podcast, in an article format. Discipleship is mostly about prayer and prophecy. Competent discipleship starts with your engagement of God. That's the prayer part. Discipleship slash counseling always begins vertically. If you do not begin your discipleship soul care practices vertically, well, you're starting at the wrong place. And so what you want to do is to engage God on behalf of the person that you are helping, and then it moves horizontal. You begin to communicate in faith what you believe the Lord wants you to share with that individual. And what I mean by the two words, in faith, it's it's, it's Paul's language right out of Romans 14, that you must move forward by faith. You must be in faith to carry the good words that you believe that God would have you to share to another person. And that's what good discipleship is. A friend asked me one time what I would say to a counselee if he comes to me for help. Here's how I answered the question. I always answer the question this way or some version of this. I say, 
if someone comes to me for or or what would you say to a counselee if he comes for help? I, I don't know. I don't know what I would say. I have no idea what I would say until I meet the person. I'm not sure what he wants. I, I'm not sure what he is going to ask me. I don't know him. I don't know his story. I'm uncertain of his perspective. But I do know that as I talk to him and enter into his story, the Lord that the Lord is writing for him, that God will give me what I need to bring his word to bear on the person's life. By the way, I, I do my speaking events in a similar fashion. When I go into a town, go into a church to speak, I want to spend time with the church, with the leaders of the church, or maybe before I ever arrive that I talk to the pastor. In fact, I talked to a pastor yesterday. I'll be speaking in Delaware in a few months, and we talked yesterday about uh, the culture of the church, the environment of the church, and some of the things that he wants to accomplish. I don't want to prepare without knowing the person that I am going to be talking to, and counseling is similar. I don't know what I would say to the person until I meet the person and begin to talk to him. Now, the approach to soul care that I am describing here is not a call to sloppiness though it could sound that way. The question is, well, what about preparation? You mean you're just shooting from the hip? No, you're not shooting from the hip at all. It's not a call for sloppiness. It is a call for faith to speak the truth in love as you depend on the only counselor, that's a capital C, and his name is the Holy Spirit. You depend on the only counselor who can penetrate hearts and transform lives. Let me tell you about my preparation for the person that I'm going to meet. My preparation to help people began when the Lord regenerated me in 1984. Since then, I have been studying God's word. I have hidden some of his words in my heart. I have counseled several, several thousand people, I suppose, and I've taught hundreds of Bible lessons, probably, and I have life experience, too. But I want to go farther back than 1984 when God regenerated me. In the most technical sense, I have been in training since I was born the first time, because everything from my past regardless of it being before or after salvation, is to help me be the person that God wants me to be. I do not discount the first quarter century of my life because I have a ton of life experience from some horrific circumstances that have happened to me. And now that quarter century has been pushed through a gospel filter, and I have an interpretive grid now uh, to think about those things in the past. And guess what? I have a lot of people who come to me who have horrible situations. Well, I have been there 
for a quarter of a century. You see, God did not begin his relationship with me, or he did not begin his equipping me at redemption. Listen to Jeremiah 1.5. He told Jeremiah, he said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. In Ephesians 1.4, even as God chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. What I'm saying here is that God is an omniscient God, and his awareness of me did not began at salvation. He knew me before I was ever born. We see that idea idea in Jeremiah 1.5, and he knew me before the foundation of the world. And so I take my entire experience pre and post salvation and come together, pushing it through a biblical filter, and I want to use all of that equipping to help someone because there is no place in Christian discipleship for sloppy, haphazard, or unprepared soul care practices. All Christians must study to show themselves approved to God, 2 Timothy 2.15. We should be able to rightly divide the Word of God while practically applying it into the lives of others. We should be instant in season and out of season, always ready to bring God's word to bear on any situation. No, this has nothing to do with sloppiness. It has nothing to do with a a lack of preparation. But with these things in mind, I still have no idea what I would say to a person who comes to me for help. With all the biblical training in the world, you'll never know what to say until you're in the moment with the person. I was training a lady many years ago, and and she had gone through my training with her, and, and then she called me the day before she was to meet someone to counsel her first counselee, and she was shaking in her boots. She said, Rick, what should I do? Here's my counsel to her. I said, go to bed. Go to bed. Go to sleep. Wake up in the morning. Go to your meeting. You are ready. Your whole life has been in equipping. The last few years has been equipping with me. You're ready to go. It would be a mistake to prepare what you're going to say to an individual that you have never met, because what you will do is you will map your preparation over whatever it is they're going to share with you or what you thought they were going to share with you, and you will miss what you need to say because you're not depending on God. God will help you. There was a time when Jesus was teaching his friends about the dangers of being hauled in before the authorities. 
and he assured his friends that the Spirit of God would give them the words to say in those painful times. You can read this in Luke 12. Let me share with you verses 11 and 12 from Luke 12. The text says this, and when they bring you, this is Jesus talking, when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Luke 12, verses 11 and 12. And then later, he continued his pneumatological teaching when he said, that's the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, pneumatological. He continued his pneumatological teaching when he said in John 16, 13, listen to this. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. There's this idea of the Holy Spirit working in our lives, guiding us in truth, giving us the words that we need in the moment. And I testify to the truths that Jesus was teaching God's Spirit has been incredibly faithful to me throughout the years to bring the right thoughts, the right concepts, and the right scriptures to bear at the moment that I needed His illumination the most. There have been so many instances, so many, that I cannot remember half of them when God brought the right words at the moment. Now, what I'm talking about here is not some kind of weird, charismatic hocus-pocus. Of course not. What I'm talking about here is living like a Calvinist while studying like an Arminian, meaning I trust God to help me at the moment as I am helping others while always doing all the things I'm supposed to do to prepare myself to be a good discipler on a day-to-day basis. I trust God. He's got this. I'm living like a Calvinist. And then I work my rear end off studying God's Word. I study like an Arminian. Studying God's Word because I want to prepare myself to be a good discipler. That's why I say in this podcast, the title of it, it's about prayer and prophecy The title of the podcast, Discipleship, is mostly about prayer and prophecy. Let's take a look at what I mean by that statement. I have simplified how I think about this concept of discipleship. My simplification releases me from overcomplicating something the Lord expects all of us to do. I'll share with you again, Romans 15, 4. Or 1514, rather, that we're filled with goodness and we're filled with knowledge and we're able to help one another. He's talking to Christians here. And one of the ways that I've pared my thinking down is through this idea of prayer and prophecy. Let's take prayer. If you were to ask me, what am I doing while I'm listening to someone talk to me? In a counseling situation, discipleship situation, I will tell you what I'm doing while they're talking to me. One of the things, the primary thing that I'm doing is I'm praying. 
while I am listening to the person who has come to me for counseling. I am praying, asking God to help me to understand what the person is saying. I need God's illumination on what I'm hearing. I, I don't want to go into a, a counseling discipleship situation detached from God Almighty. I need him. That's why my my first and, and foremost response to this situation is vertical. I want to engage God, so I am praying, asking God to help me to understand what this person is saying. Dear God, I want to know them. I want to empathize with them. I want to sit in their chair while attempting to see what they see. I want to know what they know. I want to serve them thoroughly. Prayer is the non-negotiable essential key to understanding another person the way you need to know them. Prayer is indispensable. During any given discipleship time, when I'm not talking to the person, I am asking God about that person. Now, this perspective is a worldview. It is a crucial element regarding how I serve others and hopefully how you serve others too. As they are talking, you are pleading with God for his assistance so you can help the person in the most effective ways. I need God's intervention. Honestly, I do not possess the intelligence needed to know how to serve a person well, but that's okay. The good news is that I know someone who does know the person intimately well. And so I talk to him, appealing to him for help. It is as though my mind is running through all the scriptures that he has given me through the years, as well as the experience that he has given me before and after redemption. The Spirit of God leads me as I pray. It kind of sounds like Psalm 23. He leads me in a path of righteousness. I want him to lead me, asking for help I am for the person in front of me. The title of the podcast, Discipleship, is mostly about prayer and prophecy. I've been talking about prayer because prayer is always first. Now, let me talk about this idea of prophecy. As God eliminates my mind, I begin to share what he has impressed upon my heart. That is all I mean by the word prophecy, nothing more. It is speaking God's truth. That's what I'm talking about. I do not upload the word with charismatic caricatures or prejudices, whether justified or not. I am not talking about revelation from God as though what God gives me is on par with what he gave the writers of the Bible. That type of teaching would be heresy, and you know that. My Baptist brothers say it this way. They have another way of talking about this idea of prophecy when they say, quote, God laid something on my heart, end quote. Well, I don't talk about it that way. I don't say I have the gift of God laid something on my heart. I just say it's the gift of prophecy. God gives us the words that we need. What we're talking about here is the doctrine of illumination. 
I believe the Holy Spirit is alive and well on planet Earth today, and he is working in the hearts of men and women, including my heart. He is not only active, but he is guiding us into all truth. I am a Trinitarian. All my Presbyterian friends, I am a Trinitarian. The Holy Spirit is truly alive and well. Now, I realize there is a level of subjectivity here, but our lack of perfect awareness of what God wants us to do in matters of soul care should not inhibit us from proceeding in faith. Because here's the problem. Let's say if you were 100% assured of what to say because God wrote the words down on a piece of paper— then your faith would not be in God, but your faith would be in the black and white facts written out for you. We want to trust God. There's an element of faith in discipleship, and we must trust God. Because if we had the exact words and knew perfectly what to say, then we could easily detach ourselves from God and be working under our own self-reliant means. And so discipleship creates this dependency between the discipler and God. Trusting God is not the absence of knowledge, but we must not discount the pneumatic aspect of our relationship with the Lord. So there are two ditches here. I know everything perfectly. I know what to say at all times. That's one ditch, and that's just not true. And then the other ditch is I'm not even going to ever study. I'm just going to speak willy-nilly. No, that's not the right ditch as well. You must rest in God's good work in you as you have been working out those things through diligent study and other spiritual disciplines. And you trust that what you have to say are the things the Spirit of God is bringing to your mind and for the benefit of the person that you are helping. I want to finish this podcast with three final thoughts to to help you to think through this idea that discipleship or biblical counseling is, is, is two parts. It's prayer and prophecy. Number one, final thought, is give credit to whom credit is due. When you disciple somebody, let's say that you disciple somebody well, and when you finish that discipleship time, you have to give credit to someone for what happens during the discipling. The question is, who gets the glory for what happens? Another way of saying who gets the credit for it. I am compelled to give glory to God for how he helps me and those that I serve. I believe that God is active in any discipleship context and that he is guiding me to care for others well. I want to give God the glory for it. It becomes an integrity issue regarding who gets the credit for the dispensing of sound soul care. I believe it is the Holy Spirit, the counselor, who eliminates me to speak the way Jesus would talk if he were here on earth. This idea of illumination, it is very important. God is eliminating my mind and giving me the words to say who gets the credit. 
God receives the glory for the good things that happen in a discipleship situation. The second final thought is this idea that I don't know enough to counsel. Some people object by saying that they have not received adequate training to the depth that they feel they should before speaking into someone's life. What they are implying is, quote, it could be something like this, Rick, you are old and have had more time in the Word of God, in academia, and in real counseling situations. Well, guess what? Their assessment may be correct. Indeed, I am old. Certainly, I have been doing this for a long time, and I have no idea how many people that I've met through the years. But my experience, whatever it may be, should not be your primary point of focus when it comes to obeying God's command to go out and make disciples. As I mentioned earlier, the woman at the well in John 4 had just met the Savior. She was affected by him. She went into a nearby town and began to tell others what she knew. Did she wait until she finished seminary before she started to talk to others about Jesus? Dear Mastermind students, those of you who are in my program, do you wait until you finish the Mastermind program before you get on our forums and start helping people? Did this lady at the well wait until she bought her first Bible and read it entirely? Of course not. She told others what she knew. And the Spirit of God blessed her effort. She even made it into the canon. You should be a student of God's Word. You should commit your life to this discipline. And when it comes to helping others, I appeal to you to pray, asking Him for the words to say, and you share those things in faith. You'll be amazed at what He can do through you as you humbly depend on Him Now, if you are not serious about God or His Word, then your first call to action is not to help other people. Your first call to action is to repent. If you're not serious about studying God's Word, then you want to repent and become serious before you go out and start helping other people. The woman at the well was serious about her relationship with Christ. She was not a careless disciple. If you are a careless disciple, then you know where you need to begin. Three final thoughts. Thought number one, give credit to whom credit is due. Thought number two, I don't know enough to counsel. Thought number three, on making mistakes. Will you make mistakes? Will you say the wrong things at times? Of course you will. Nobody counsels perfectly but Jesus The real issue is whether you will act out of faith, trusting God to guide you while knowing that He will take care of you as well as the person that you are discipling. If you realize you have made a mistake, correct it. Perhaps you can go back to the person and talk about it. I have done that on more than one occasion where I said the wrong thing to the person or said it the wrong way and had to go back, and I could go back and mend that. But never think that your sincere mistake will be greater than God's grace in the other person's life. 
a lot of times the person who is inhibited about discipling others or inhibited about making mistakes because they're going to ruin somebody, they're actually putting themselves up above God because your mistake is greater than God's grace. Now, if you are a sincere discipler and you make a sincere mistake, believe me that God's grace is greater than that. If you love God and his word, it is imperative that you share his word practically according to the breadth and the depth that you understand it. God will bless you for this, and you will continue to grow in your discipleship ability. The title of the podcast and the article on the website, Discipleship or slash counseling is mostly about prayer and prophecy in that order. You are always engaging God for yourself and also for the benefit of the person that you are helping, and you're doing that constantly throughout the discipleship relationship that you have with this individual. And then prophecy, you're speaking forth God's word in faith, knowing that the great counselor is going before you and going where you cannot go. He is the one that brings the growth in the person's life. If you are inhibited from helping people, if you are shying away from sharing your experience of God and his word in your life, if you are inhibited from sharing that, then you want to talk about that, then let's talk. You need to get over that hurdle. You need to do what the woman at the well did. Share the little bit that you know, and as you do that, you will find that you will begin to learn more and more and more. You see, discipleship, caring for others, counseling, is not just about the recipient of your counseling. It's also about you. And the more you engage God and engage others in discipleship practices, the more you're going to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But perhaps you want to talk about this. If you do, go on our website, get your free username and password, make sure you're logged in, and then let's talk. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.